Welcome to another edition of the Create Smarter Podcast. I am Phil Martino, joined today with my two dearest friends in the entire world, Connor Clardy wow. and Mercy Lusky. It's an honor. Is that a sad thing to say or No, no I don't think so. so. That'd be a oh, question okay. for you. you guys, yeah, I was going to say, it's how you feel about it, I don't know. So my, you guys are honored. Uh, you guys are friends. honored to have that distinction. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Well, friends, today we're talking about Giving Tuesday. It is that time of year. Uh, it is the fall. The air is cold. The leaves are changing. It is time to start thinking about your Giving Tuesday campaigns. Um, a little primer on Giving Tuesday. Do you want to fill us in? What is Giving Tuesday, Connor? Yeah, I mean, Giving Tuesday is a, uh, I think it's a nationwide uh, day of giving. It's the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. You know, you have the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, then you have the day to give back is uh, Giving Tuesday. And, uh, you know, organizations, universities around the nation, um, you know, they get all their alumni, all their students, and they really just try to fundraise for all the clubs and the school itself and, uh, and, and just see how the community can give back. Yeah. No, that's a great summation. And it's it's not tied to any one specific institution. You know, you probably on Giving Tuesday uh, as a as a user of social media, see posts from all kinds of different organizations, your school, mm-hmm. you know, maybe nonprofits that you support, all kinds of different people kind of encouraging you to think about giving back kind of uh, created in a response to the consumerism um, that follows Thanksgiving being uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Yeah. Um, and kind of saying, you know, it's fine to spend your money on gifts, but let's also think about giving back. And colleges and universities are definitely, you know, among the the philanthropic organizations that have jumped on this most. And we've definitely seen a lot of our clients jump on Giving Tuesday as a way to raise sites around fundraising. Um, what have you guys seen as some of like, maybe not even specifically related to Giving Tuesday, but when it comes to thinking about making people think positively about around fundraising what are some of the kind of the key factors i guess i'll start with you marissa that you've seen colleges and universities have success with from a content standpoint when it comes to hey there's there's a philanthropic opportunity here where, where do we start from it's not just coming with your hand out right it right. starts from a place of making people think about the positive things at an institution. Yeah, I think you can you can sit and look at a camera and ask people to give all you want, but when people are giving, they might not know what they're giving to. So I think the main thing um, to highlight is showing where that money is going, what kind of programs uh, your school has, what kind of organizations are involved with yours, all that kind of stuff to show the positive impact of what giving actually gives you, to show people, hey, if you give us money, this is what we're going to do with it. And it's a nice transparent way of showing off the positive things that you'll do with people's gifts, ideally. Yeah, and I think what you just just described and breaking it down, like it's <laughs> it makes so much sense, right? It's common sense. If you think about yourself um, as the end user here, as opposed to like the the institution, if you're working at a school or the content creator in our place, if somebody comes to you and asks you for money, what's your first response? What for? What what Why? for? <laughs> what are you what are you going to yeah. do with it? And that's a totally fair question, right? And I think it's important to remember as fundraisers that like if you live in an organization day in and day out it might be abundantly clear to you why donations are important and necessary Mm -hmm. but the person you're asking for is not living in your organization every day and some of them are more familiar than others and that's fine but ultimately a lot of this is about case building and making people understand like at a baseline like why what are you going to do with it right why do you need my money Mm -hmm. right you're a big institution that charges x amount every year you don't need my money but they don't think of what it goes to, like you're saying. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's a really important place to start with any fundraising campaign. It's especially important when you're kind of 
making a lot of noise around a specific day like a Giving Tuesday. And I've always talked about it this way. It's especially important on Giving Tuesday when you're competing, you know, as a college or university mm-hmm. with more traditional nonprofits, you know, animal shelters and, you know, medical research organizations and all of these different things that are all worth worthwhile causes. And you have to kind of reinforce with people why your organization is worthwhile. So I wanted to talk about a couple of specific projects that we've worked on that are either for Giving Tuesday or for um, institutions' own days of giving that could be applied to Giving Tuesday. So um, there's a million different approaches you could do for any of these, but I wanted to start with kind of a concept that we've done for a couple of different organizations for Giving Days, and that's the idea of a media day. Um, and a media day can be used for for kind of any kind of concentrated fun, um, content creation push. We've used it a lot with colleges and universities around the idea of creating content for a day of giving. To start off, Connor, can you just describe what is a media day and, and what does it look like, you know, from a tactical perspective? Because you've worked on a lot of them now at this point. Sure, yeah. Um, and the easiest way to describe media days is, you know, you think of professional sports teams, NFL, NBA, um, whether it's a New Jersey drop, uh, a, a schedule announcement, any kind of thing like that, they usually have awesome shots of slow-mo and bright lights and flashing things to catch your eye. And it's really using the players in a really cool atmosphere that you can tell is like staged, uh, whether it's video or photos or you know 360 booth, whatever it is. And we kind of took that concept and say, okay, how do we apply this to, like you said, universities, companies, organizations, um, and use their members and use their uh, students uh, and put them in the limelight, give them the attention, give them the kind of professional athlete uh, treatment, um, but cater it more towards th- their organization or the thing they're trying to fundraise for. Um, so what are the types of things, what's the, what's the types of content you're actually capturing, you know, on a media day when you're going in there to focus on, you know, a day of giving? Yeah, so, um, you know, we usually split it up into a couple different um, backdrops or different uh, stations that the people can kind of go through. Um, and whether it's still photos or video or, like I said, 360 booth, something fun like that, um, at the end of the day, it all kind of we chop it up, put it into, you know, a couple different videos to get ready for Giving Day as promotional content or things that someone could put out on the day um, to spread awareness and kind of say, hey, this is our team. Look at us. Uh, you know, give us uh, some donations so you can help us grow and that kind of stuff. And we've seen that in different forms, whether it's, you know, vertical, horizontal, um, social media or kind of an email blast, whatever way just to get the word out and really reach different kind of audiences that way. Um, you mentioned the idea of different groups coming through. Marissa, you do a lot of work in social, you know, for, for us, you produce a lot of content for social for some of our clients. What is the importance of not just having content all come from a primary brand page, but come, having it come from other people within that organization? I think about our own and it's, hey, Tyler, go post on LinkedIn because you have a lot of engagement on LinkedIn. That same thing holds true for for colleges and universities, what's kind of the thought process there and how does that help with something like this? Yeah, I think if you, it's great if you're posting on your general university page, something like that, but you only have a certain amount of followers. And if you hit them every time with your post, that's great. But then you think about how do you expand that reach? So if you're giving this content that we're creating through things like media days to specific groups, clubs, teams, and have them put it out on their own channels in different social media platforms and things like that, you're extending your reach and kind of reaching their networks um, and showing off stuff to them that will hopefully draw them back to the university pages. But essentially, you're just growing your audiences by reaching the second level networks that the groups individually have. Yeah, and I and that's that's exactly right. And I think that's the biggest part of it. But I also go back to what you started with when we're talking about like showing people the why about you know 
donating, there's a trust level too with people that there isn't just with organization pages, right? And if you see, you know, somebody that you were in a, you know, a student group with when you were, you know, at, at Syracuse or when you were at Curry, um, posting about an event, you're a lot more likely to trust them and sit around and listen to what they have to say, even if maybe you'll end up donating to their cause, maybe you won't. There's a level of trust there with a person to person than there is with an organization to person. Is that something that you've seen happen once some of this content gets distributed from Media Days? Yeah, definitely. Um, I can think of one um, specific instance where we worked with the university uh, where we were actually on campus on the day of giving. Um, and we were seeing live posts. We were, you know, each, like Marissa mentioned, each team and, and organization was given their own video that they can share on their own, I like how you said, secondary network, their kind of social pages. And we were seeing live that they were posting it on the day, which is great, to their own followers. And the comments were like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. We've never seen, you know, the electronic racing team on a super cool backdrop with lights and smoke and really cool, like I said, that kind of theatrical, um, professional level of, uh, of, of production. Um, and, and, you know, we just saw the students getting hyped. I'm sure the alumni loved it. And, uh, you know, we assume but that that definitely helped some way, either uh, spread the word, attract attention, and potentially donations as well. Yeah, and you mentioned, like, the smoke machines and the, the yeah. laser lights and everything. I think that one of the things that I consistently hear, at least when I'm on location for these media day shoots at colleges and universities, is that the energy level around a philanthropic effort is just at a different level than it is when you do a sit-down interview or you ask students to go sit behind a table in the student center and say, oh, will you please give to my club? The students from, you know, a club or organization like, you know, the Electronic Racing Club that doesn't traditionally get that full, you know, pro sports media yeah. day treatment, they're now excited and bought in about this day of philanthropic giving in a way that they probably weren't going to be before, yeah, yeah. right? And I think that, I mean, that's something that I definitely feel like I felt on those media days is that do you guys agree with that too yeah I think um you don't really understand giving unless you're in it like you said before so if you have the fun aspect to it it's a little bit more relatable and people can kind of share that and they want to see it and it's also about stopping the scroll that's going to catch people's attention more speaking of social um and be like oh instead of listening to just a basic sit-down interview let me watch this team have fun and like show off why I should give to them yeah and you know, you mentioned stopping the scroll, and I think from our standpoint, one of the things that's cool about the Media Days is that it is a controllable environment where we can do a lot of different things in one. Um, we did one with um, Emerson College, a Media Day for their Athletics Day of Giving, and I know you both tried some some interesting, different kind of visual yeah, tactics sure. there. Mm-hmm. Um, Marissa, what were you kind of going for there, and how did you end up how did you end up using it in kind of the end product for Emerson? Yeah, so I think um, one of our staples of Media Day is photos. Um, obviously, getting those nice headshots that people can put into graphics and things like that and share out. But we want to do something a little bit different with the Emerson College Photography, so we did stop motion photos. So essentially, we would have all the athletes do something in motion, and we would take a bunch of different pictures back to back. And then if you put them together in a video like that, it has a stop motion effect of it's almost looks like a video, but it's individual photos. And it just creates that other different kind of cool visual effect that you can use the same content in a different way and kind of achieve a different effect. Yeah, and you said stop the scroll, and I think like that's the exact right effect of like, sure, you've seen this basketball team, you know, playing, uh, but first of all, this is super high quality, and it's just a different effect than maybe you've seen this team in that setting before. And Connor, you did something for that day as well. You kind of had a different set. Um, and you mentioned kind of the the excitement and you know smoking smoking lasers. <laughs> yeah. I think what was what was your kind of role for that day and, and how did that end up turning out? Yeah, um, I think twofold. I, I think the 
first I want to talk about the set itself. Um, you know, we're a big proponent of like using backdrops and changing a you know storage room into a real cool studio. You'd never know. This one we were lucky enough to actually get into their gym and, and use a real live you know with, with whatever they said in the backdrop, the lines den, the basketball hoops you saw. You know, oh well, we're on a court. This is really cool. Um, so that gave it authenticity already. Um, and to go see excitement, you could see when the students walked in. Um, again, that one was specifically for athletes, the student athletes. And I'm sure since they were kids, they've been seeing these media days on NFL and NBA and all this big time stuff. So that when they walked in, they were like, no way, this is going to be awesome. So that added, added a, a level of excitement, but also you could tell they wanted to be there. They were smiling. It wasn't fake. It wasn't put on. And, uh, you know, they were even come up with, oh, let me try this. Me and, you know, my teammates want to do this. We do this as a celebration. And that always helps us because everything's more fun, you know, when the kids want to be there yeah when people actually <laughs> want to promote this <laughs> and thing, that right? comes through a lot in the video i think i say this all the time but it really does you can tell when someone's like hey i'm happy to be here <laughs> all right camera's done or oh my god this is so cool you know let's do this let's do this and you have to be like guys we actually have to wrap it up you know <laughs> right yeah. and and for that reason what you're describing is also like in my mind the ideal setting for an interview it might yeah. sound counterintuitive but like you did some interviews at some of these media days in the past well, what do you know when people are excited and hyped and high energy and having a lot of fun? Maybe that's where we're in the best frame yeah. of mind to share, you know, some thoughts verbally, too. So, like, it's yeah. kind of the best time to sit down and do an interview with people as well. I agree. Um, so, media days are one kind of uh, another one that we do a lot for schools and colleges. This idea of like a live show showcase. Um, we've done these for tons of different people over the years, but um, specifically around days of giving, we've done these recently for. Um, Syracuse University, um, as well as for Brandeis University. And uh, Marissa, you've had a really heavy um, involvement in both of these. What's kind of involved in these from, you know, a high-level perspective? What are we trying to accomplish? And, and what do these shows end up looking like? Yeah, I think the live shows are all about bringing everyone together for those few hours to celebrate that university at that time and kind of show off the best of that university. I remember when we were working on the Syracuse one, it was, it's a big SU day. Like everybody's just gonna celebrate it all day. And I say a few hours, that one was 16 hours, so that's unique. Um, so essentially the idea is that you're going to be bringing in people live to have conversations with you know students, faculty, um, different club leaders, things like that, alums um, to kind of generate excitement, people that have big names kind of come back and talk about why they give back or why what they're doing with the university is important. But it's also about showcasing the things that are going on. It doesn't necessarily have to be live, but you can loop in some videos that you've created in the past, showing up different programs, um, talking to different people, pre-recorded interviews, things like that. It's a nice way to bundle everything together into one exciting day for that university. Yeah, it's almost like if the fundraising day is a 24-hour effort and the show is like a truncated version of that, you're like cutting through the clutter and then cutting through the clutter to another level. Yep. Um, and different schools approach it in different ways, but like no matter what it is, like I think a showcase is really the best, the best way to put it. Um, if you're Every school has notable people. Um, Syracuse has a lot of notable people. That was kind of the, the primary approach for them was like, let's get, you know, a ton of these people who really love Syracuse to come back and share their experiences and use that as a little bit of a hook to get people to watch as well, right? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's not just unique to Syracuse. It's true for a lot of universities. A lot of alum are really proud of where they came from and the schools that they went to. So especially if they're notable, they want to talk about it 
and draw people's eyes in. So it's nice to have people, you know, want to say good things about your university and it's not forced, it's genuine, um, and they want to bring people in. So when you have those notable alums that are willing to talk about how great their time was at the university or how they're still involved now, it's going to draw people in um, that pay attention to those alum um, now currently. And it kind of worked by happenstance that, you know, you're an alum and you were on that project. Like it was not, it just, it just worked out that, you know, we ended up working with with your alma mater, but you were able to serve as almost like a mini little sounding board, mini focus group mm-hmm. for some of our efforts. And, you know, in early planning, we would talk and, you know, the, the folks on the team would also say, hey, you're an alum. Like, what are you interested in hearing? And again, it seems so simple, but but that should be part of this process, right? Is like you might not always have direct access to an alum who works for you, but like you should be talking to alums or at least taking the pulse of people and saying, what do, what do people actually want to hear about, right? Yeah. And I think that's what worked out really well with Syracuse is like, yeah, you did want to hear from these big name broadcasters and sports, you know, uh, athletics coaches and, you know, people who have gone on to do great things in a whole bunch of different fields and student performances. But like, that's what they wanted to see. Maybe at a different school, it would be, there's one superstar professor doing this amazing research and I want to hear from them. And that's going to be the bulk of our live show. No matter what, it's about what does your audience actually want? And I think, with Syracuse, we were really, really focused on that. Um, in that show, you had kind of a unique role in that show, Connor, in that throughout the whole course, it was a 16-hour show. Yeah. Um, throughout the whole course of that day, you were cutting up um, clips live to be able to distribute out on social. Um, this is a live effort, but everything is designed to be able to be used beyond that. Yeah. What were you kind of doing, and how did that play into the overall effort? And what what kind of advice would you give to people running a live show? Maybe not a sixteen hour one, but uh, <laughs> maybe a slightly shorter one. Yeah, I would definitely say first advice was think about it. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. Um, sixteen hours. Maybe yeah. not sixteen hours. <laughs> really? Um, no, but live editing w- w- was a really cool experience because um, you know you got to watch the live. Um, show within the the studio we were in we could see the people on the show interviewing or or, or was doing whatever um kind of video calls um and i would say all right that was really good you know i like that a lot i'm not an alumni of the school but i could understand okay that's a good part that's a good part you know let's take in um how much was it 20 minutes 25 minutes whatever each section was Mm -hmm. and make that into a 30 second clip that can be shared it can be watched again and again again uh on very uh, various different uh, social media platforms and so that was kind of fun um and yeah, going back to the time as well, 16 hours is a long time, um, but even one and a half hours in the middle of the day, not everyone's going to be able to watch that all the way through. So it's very useful to have these clips so that someone could, after the show or during it in this situation, could catch up or could, could stay in touch with uh, you know what they missed um, so that they can still be a part of the audience. Yeah, and I think whether it's a five-minute interview or, or you know an hour-long presentation, one of the things the folks at Syracuse have talked about is the fact that you have this kind of um, huge content library after the fact. It doesn't end with the live show. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you just went up to like an advancement person generally and were like, okay, so we're going to have, you know, at the end of this day, we're going to have interviews with your, you know, your head soccer coach. We're going to have interviews with, you know, two notable alums. We're going to have, you know, live hits from this event. We're going to have all of this. They'd be yeah. like, oh, cool. I want all that content, yeah. <laughs> right? It doesn't just end with the live show. And, and that's something that you know, they can repurpose over time as well. Yeah, I think that's true with both the media days and the live shows, kind of tying everything we've talked about together. It's all about how you can extend that content and that excitement beyond just one day. If your day of giving is one single day, that's great. Create all the content for that. But then how do you use that to kind of create excitement throughout the year and make your content work for you? Um, So with media days, you're capturing, you know, we talked about the stop motion photos. Those are great. Those can 
be a little video, but then you have each of those individual photos too. And you have all the photos from all the teams and all the videos, use those in different ways. Use those as social graphics, use those on your personal Instagram, things like that. Um, and then for the live show, you're talking to, in Syracuse's case, notable alum, obviously you're gonna wanna use that content beyond that one you know, 20 minute block that they were on the show for, extend the life of that and post it afterwards so that people can see it and say, oh, I didn't get to tune in live, but now I'm seeing it and now I understand why I should give to Syracuse. And you just m mentioned you know, repurposing all of that content, that's super important. Another thing that you all work on a lot and I work on a lot is for a lot of these nonprofits is the storytelling aspect You know, throughout the course of the year. Um, I think it would be silly to not bring that up briefly and say the best way to have a successful Giving Tuesday or successful day of giving is to be showing the impact of philanthropy throughout the course of the year. So briefly for someone like I think about um, like some of our higher ed, excuse me, some of our nonprofit clients that do galas and things like that, they produce content throughout the course of the year, kind of culminating in this big fundraising event, very similar to a day of giving. Um, what kind of approach do you think, you know, a medical nonprofit with patient stories and things like that, what kind of an impact does it have to create that content throughout the course of the year so that people are getting that touch point all the time and not just on the day of giving? If a neighbor comes up, knocks on the door and is like, hi, money, please. And you're like, I, I don't know who you are. I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't, you have to explain. So if you are telling these stories throughout the year and kind of reminding people, dropping content on them subtly throughout the year, be like, hey, this is a cool thing we did. Hey, this is a cool person we talked to. Like, hey, this person benefited. Then when you're asked to give, you're not seeing them for the first time. You've seen them all year and you're like, oh, I understand the full picture. Now let me give because I understand everything. Those stories, you know, you should be telling the, by the way, if you create those all year, you use those again on mm -hmm. your day of giving. You have to remember your whole audience doesn't, you know, rapidly interact with everything you do on a daily basis, unless they're Taylor Swift fans, in which case they do. <laughs> but for everyone else who's not blessed enough to be Taylor Swift, your audience isn't consuming everything you do, you know, constantly with bated breath waiting for it. So like, if you post something in July, um, and you know, Giving Tuesday is coming around, you can use that again to kind of remind people, but also show the folks, you know, the portions of your audience that haven't seen it. Mm. Any other tips, tricks, thoughts for Giving Tuesday for folks who are getting ready to start thinking about what can we put together this fall? Anything else come to mind for y'all? Uh, I would just say, you know, stay authentic. The more the merrier and share, share, share. You know, get those students, get your employees, get those um, community members just to share and spread the word. Yeah, and I think uh, the key to that is figuring out what's important and what people want to share. Um, so keep, keep tabs on your alums, your students, people that interact with your organization. Figure out what they want to see, and that's going to inform the rest of your decisions. Sure. And, you know, I'll ask myself, too, and I think the answer is people give to people. Mm -hmm. And it's whether it's a patient who's benefited from a medical nonprofit or a student who's part of a great program. People give to people and, and showcasing that first and foremost is, is most important. Well, guys, this was fun. Thank you. Are you excited for Giving Tuesday? I'm pumped. Yeah. I mean, we've done a little bit here and there and getting ready for it. So I'm very excited to see how it turns out. Yeah. Amazing. Well, this has been another episode of the Create Smarter Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I have been Phil. They have been Marissa and Connor. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time on the Create Smarter Podcast. Mm -hmm.